as much as the audience thinks they want to see you get hurt, they really don't want to see you bleed. After it hit me, I went to go pick up the saw and I put my hand against my chest, took my hand away, and it was covered with blood instantly. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord. Just dream it. Say it out loud with your words and then unicorns arrive from nowhere and they just make everything easy. A podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord and on the show today we have Guinness World Record holders Passing Zone as they share stories behind the scenes on America's Got Talent, getting fired at Disneyland, and their biggest on-stage accident. Spoiler alert, a poorly thrown chainsaw was involved. Last week, we took a walk through Joan London's journey to her award-winning TV career. Today's guests have had their own TV career as recent recurring guests on America's Got Talent. So I began with asking how they ended up on the show. Well, we, uh, we actually have been on the show twice. Uh, we were on the very first season when the first show came out and nobody had seen it and no one knew what it was all about. And, uh, and we did well that year, made it to the finals. Um, but then over the years, we watched the show grow into something that a lot more people were paying attention to and the judges all changed and everything was different. And we kept watching, thinking, boy, what would it be like to be on this show now when it's this popular? And uh, and so we called them and said, hey, uh, remember us? And we we're wondering <laughs> about do you ever have people on twice? Would you be interested in having us back? And they said, you know what? We do remember you guys, and we'd love to have you back. When you're on the show, now, do you rehearse with the judges? What's that like with the interaction, like kind of before, during, that sort of thing? You know, it's it's really surprising. You know, we involved the judges in every single one of our performances in this last run, and uh, none of them rehearsed with us. What they uh, What you saw was their honest reaction to what was going on. Yeah, and that was interesting because we assumed that with a major network uh, on NBC and having celebrities on stage with us, we assumed that they would just have it completely over-rehearsed, which, you know, we always like to have it spontaneous. We like to under-rehearse with people we're involving with or maybe not rehearse at all. And so we assumed that they would have this all well-rehearsed and faking it and all of that. But they just said, no, the the judges want to be surprised. We want their real reactions. They kind of laughed and said, you know, they're not that great of actors anyway. So, <laughs> so it's better just to get them up there for real. Who's your favorite judge? I think, uh, I think Heidi is my favorite judge. Yeah. 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 Heidi was – and surprisingly, she was, I think, the most normal of the <laughs> four. Yeah, we're not just choosing her because she's attractive. Uh, yeah, she she was – pleasant to talk to and was yeah. kind of normal and she was there a lot with her kids and it, it was it was really interesting you know they're all celebrities and interesting characters um we, we do have to give a certain amount of appreciation though to howie who was right a, a part of each of our pieces <clears throat> so he was on stage with us uh several times and was a good sport and he was usually the the butt of the joke or you know <laughs> yeah. got, got dunked in the dunk tank and all those kind of things so for that reason we uh, we certainly uh, appreciate uh howie and everything he did to make our appearances fun 
does do they ever come up to you afterwards and tell you what they thought in another way or like I can't believe you did this or anything like that? There's very little of that. Uh, they try to keep the judges away from the acts, but we we did get a little interaction, and they and and Simon in particular said how much he enjoyed our our performances on on the show. Yeah, mostly once we were done, then at the sort of final appearances and those kind of things, we had a chance to to talk with them a little bit. But yeah, along the way, they don't want us becoming friends. They don't want the judges to feel like they personally know any of the acts or are pulling for them in any other way like that. So they really keep us separate. Um, so he've, our, our interaction with them was, was definitely minimal. I'm always curious to know, because this is such a unique thing that you do. How did the two of you get started in juggling? And then how did you two connect? Well, uh, we met at a juggling convention. Uh, we had each been juggling seriously enough to, to be going to conventions um, every, every summer. It's in a different city. Is there like a mecca for this? Is this is there like the juggling convention? It, yeah, the International Jugglers Association uh, puts on an annual convention here in the U.S. There's actually an even bigger one in Europe. The EJC, European Juggling Convention, is huge and it gets several thousand jugglers from around the world. The one in the U.S. is is definitely smaller, but for those of us here in the U.S., it's the main one to go to. Yeah, so we, we met up in 86 at, at one of these, and, and both in college at the time, and decided, you know, hey, what are you, what are you doing after college? Oh, I don't know. What are you doing? Oh, I'm not sure. Let's, let's throw a show together for a couple of years and see how that goes, and Within 18 months of performing together, we got on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. We didn't really know each other very well when we decided to team up, so we really had no idea if it was going to work or how well it was going to work. So the fact that we had that much success very quickly was was incredible. And it was actually our first night performing at a comedy club ever. And we were... Uh, we were going to go on and coming up uh, well before us was supposed to be David Spade and the booker from the tonight show was coming to see David and then he was going to leave. We got off stage and, you know, the show went well and we, uh, we went back to, um, we went backstage and the guy from the, the booker from the tonight show was there and introduced himself said, hi, I'm Jim McCauley from the tonight show. And I think you guys were great. And I want to put you on the show. And, <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah. What was your, what was your family's reaction to that? Did you tell anyone, or you just surprise everyone, or, or what was that like? We just told everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we told everyone we knew. Yeah, we. Yeah. We, in that moment, we of course were trying to keep our cool, saying, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, yeah, that would be wonderful." And here's our card, and look forward to hearing from you and everything. And you know, we walked out the door and just started jumping up and down and screaming and going, "Oh my god, I can't believe it." Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we pretty much told everyone we knew. And it, the funny thing is looking back, I mean, it was, it was amazing, but it was always one of those things that we sort of wanted to do anyway. We'd already sent them our video and, you know, I don't know why we even thought we were, uh, prepared for something like that, but, <laughs> but we were hoping, you yeah. know, Hey, we'll, we'll get on the tonight show someday. So, uh, even now when I look back, I think, Oh my gosh, we were not at all ready for oh, it, but we were just so young you watch the playback of it and just go oh my god look at we're just we're just kids but 
you know, it was great. Uh, Johnny loved us. We involved him in the show and then invited us back the next year. And we were on a second time and, and that one went super well too. So it was just a pretty amazing start to our career. Now, how do you, I mean, like, did you, both of you, like when you were young, were you like five-year-olds juggling, you know, your, your stuffed animals and stuff like that? Or how did, how do you even get started with that? <laughs> Maybe that was the origin, the stuffed animal <laughs> juggling. I didn't even realize yeah. I was doing, but yeah, probably, uh, well, both of us learned at about age 13. That seems to be a very common age for, uh, especially yeah, for adolescent kids to start learning weird things like juggling or magic or whatever. So, yeah, we, we learned then. And so, you know, pretty much through junior high and high school, I was that, that kid who juggled in my hometown. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I taught a couple of my friends and we started doing a two person and three person act just at little events. I grew up in Minnesota. And so we were doing, you know, little church dinners and Cub Scout meetings and birthday parties. And then that, turned into doing renaissance festivals and other summer things and just became a summer job. And that's what put me through college. Yeah. And I was out here in California and I got a job at Disneyland juggling there. And so, yeah, put myself through college as a, as a Royal court jester in fantasy land. One of the funny things uh, that I'm just reminded of because these just came up speaking of the tonight show and Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is classic. We were working, uh, just you know, getting paid hourly to be at Disneyland all day, walking around and juggling and entertaining people in lines and that sort of thing. So it wasn't too glamorous, but it was regular work. And so we got a phone call right after we had done the Tonight Show for the first time, and it was our bosses at Disney, and they said, "Hey guys, just wanted to let you know we saw you on the Tonight Show. Great job! Congratulations! That's exciting." Uh, oh, and we just want to let you know that we're discontinuing the Royal Court Jester program. And so, uh, yes, yeah, so you're you're fired. <laughs> yeah. So here we are thinking they're calling us to give us our own show at Disneyland or something. Yeah. So the, we got fired. Yeah, uh, the same phone call as congratulations on the Tonight Show. So yes. that was a, a weird one right there. What time? I'm curious to know as you progressed. At what point did you get dangerous? As you can imagine, a 13 year old kid who's learned how to juggle pretty quickly decides, "Wait, I've seen people juggling fire and knives, <laughs> <laughs> and that seems pretty cool, and I want to do that." So, uh, so some of the dangerous stuff started right away, where as soon as you learn how to juggle and you get comfortable with clubs, you then start looking for things you can light on fire and juggle yeah. instead well and the audience is is a part of that too because you juggle clubs or balls or rings and they're going okay that's some skill well you, you throw in a, a hatchet and a machete and a torch and that gets their attention and uh so it just kind of feeds on itself yeah and, and the main goal for us is to entertain people and make everybody laugh and keep them on the edge of their seats and yeah, we quickly realized that uh, with as soon as you add some danger, that uh, increases the stakes for us on stage. Uh, the chance of something you know, flying out into the audience or whatever makes it exciting for everybody. Uh, we even for a long time, we resisted juggling chainsaws just because we felt like, well, that was something that someone else has done before us. And we should think of more original things. But then, you know, we realized almost every show somebody would ask us or would shout out, hey, juggle chainsaws or something. 
And so finally we realized, all right, that's what people see as the ultimate dangerous thing to juggle. And if we're going to be, you know, the best juggling performers out there, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to do chainsaws. Now, when you get on stage, I mean, you're already great, but there's got to be some time when you are practicing, when you're not yet great at that specific thing. What are like, have you had accidents? What are your biggest accidents that you've had leading up to being able to do it on stage? You know, you don't just start throwing a chainsaw around with the chain on and, and it running and you, you do baby steps that lead up to that. But you also you drop a lot of chainsaws and and we tend to put things in their show perhaps a little earlier than they should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely some of those first chainsaw performances were just terrifying because oh, it was goodness. so brand new. And so, I mean, they, they really are scary. There's really nothing yeah. fake about it. It's they're heavy, they're loud, they're sharp. The chains are spinning around and you just cannot make a mistake. Yeah. Um, so anything that's new in the show makes you nervous, but when it's a, something like a chainsaw those first shows are really terrifying and and not just the first shows <laughs> no as it turns out even even if you've been doing it for a while uh you can yeah, still uh get hurt yeah they're still scary and and we did yeah owen owen did get a little uh a pretty good scuff um just uh <laughs> what was that now a year or so ago pretty yeah, a year or so ago yeah it was uh well like you're saying there's a lot of trust that's involved with throwing chainsaws back and forth and 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 there has to be and there was a throw that came my direction that didn't quite have the spin i was hoping <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that we were both hoping for i was really hoping to throw it properly and uh <laughs> I mean, you know how things don't always go as planned in life. Yeah, right, right. Sometimes, so, sometimes a chainsaw doesn't come at you as you had hoped, or and uh, and the way so, it yeah. had the last thousand times before. And right, uh, somehow so it, something it, changed. Somehow it it kind of hit me, and uh, yeah, in the in the chest, and and just sort sort of a glancing blow, but but it got me and you know we're in front of a couple thousand people in the show and there's there's imag and three cameras and you know as much as the audience <laughs> close-ups on the screen <laughs> yeah as much as the audience thinks they want to see you get hurt they really don't want to see you bleed but uh, after it hit me i went to go pick up the saw and i put my hand against my chest and it i took my hand away and it was covered with blood instantly so i picked up the saw and i put it held it right up in front of me so it was blocking anybody's view of of the blood and kept going and that that was you know and this is the last piece of the show fortunately so you know at that point we're like well if we could just get through this and get off the stage uh we'd be good but we didn't want to stop right there and and leave everybody hanging so uh so we kept going (laughs) Yeah, step kept going, finished juggling the ch- chainsaws. I run off stage and take off my shirt and ask the sound guy if he's got any uh, towels. And he kind of goes, why? And I sort of show him my chest and he goes, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he hands me a towel, I towel off. And and uh, the woman who had hired us comes running backstage and she goes, oh, my God. 
That was great. <laughs> she had no we idea. We were afraid that they were that they were going to be horrified that uh, that Owen got hit, but yeah, nobody nobody really knew it. It, it uh, sort of we hit it and uh, got off stage without anyone knowing it had happened. But uh, yeah, but we knew, and it was uh, yeah, it was one of those moments where the, the the moment I let go of the chainsaw, you know, it's like all in slow motion where I think, oh no, that. <laughs> that, that is not what I meant to do. And then all I can do is watch. And go, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. And, you know, I've got a scar now on my chest, but John's got a mental scar of watching that chainsaw do something. Yeah, my, my scar yeah. is on the inside. <laughs> it's on the inside. What's the get well present for that? I know you got like the different anniversary <laughs> present. What's the I just threw and threw a chainsaw and hit you in the chest with it? I bought the beer that night. <laughs> <laughs> On the next episode, we talk with Emmy-winning sportscaster Greg Gumble. So make sure to subscribe to get that episode when it releases. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. To learn more, go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ing was too expensive. For this episode of the Beyond Speaking Podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was Eric Woody. Your creative director and part-time leprechaun was Travis Franklin. Brian Lord, your host, executive producer, and specialist in speaking about himself in the third person. Additional thanks to special consultant and the pride of St. Paul, Lauren D. of Dean Associates. Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Yount, simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking podcast.